Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone, in the United States, in North America, and for those regions around the world where there is morning. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. This program is for people who understand that the law of Moses is the law of God. There has been great deception, all kinds of deception, economic deception, religious deception, scholastic deception, educational deception, all kind of deceptions, ladies and gentlemen. This program is designed, if you desire to learn what is the truth and what is not the truth in reference to the Bible. Let's turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. This scripture, this incredible scripture explains the following, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Hasatan, or Satan, Hasatan is Satan's name in Hebrew, which deceives or tricks the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So notice that not only will he be cast, because he hasn't been cast down to earth, ladies and gentlemen, he is still, right now as I'm speaking, doing his job. His job is to accuse the brethren. That's his job. And in verse 10 of Revelation chapter 12, and he says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation. This time has not come yet. All right? This is in the future. When this happens at this particular time, it's going to be announced. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. That's what he's doing as I'm speaking right now, ladies and gentlemen. He will not be cast down to the earth, taken out of heaven until the start of the great tribulation. That is another Bible study. But anyway, verse 11 of Revelation chapter 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Verse 12, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe, a great sorrow to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, 
for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, and this one verse proves my point, because he knows that he has a short time. Now, what is this short time? Let us, let's let the Bible interpret this instead of us trying to figure it out for ourselves. So we're going to read the, the following verse, uh, verses, and it will prove to you what this short time is that he knows. Verse 13 of Revelation chapter 12. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Verse 14. And the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness and to her place where she is nourished for a time, one year, times, two years, and half a time, half a year from the face of the serpent. So that is the short time that the devil is concerned about. This has not occurred yet, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 15 of Revelation chapter 12. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Verse 17. And the dragon was angry with the woman and went to make war with the remainder of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah or Jesus Christ. Yeshua Messiah is Jesus Christ in Hebrew. So, if you want a definitive, clear verse that explains to you who the people of God are and what they do, it's Revelation 12, verse 17. It states the following, And the dragon was angry with the woman. Woman in this context means the assembly, the called out people of God, and went to make war with the remainder of her seed. Remainder of the assembly seed, which keep the commandments of God. So the true assembly of God keep the commandments of God, and they have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. What is the testimony of Yeshua Messiah? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 19 to find out. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See that you do not, that you do it not, for I am thy fellow servant. So we're not supposed to worship angels, ladies and gentlemen. He says, that angels are fellow servants, they're co-slaves, um, they are ministrant of the same master, all right? and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Yeshua. Worship Yah. So we're not supposed to worship, Yah is short in Hebrew for God. We're not supposed to worship anyone other than Yah. For the testimony of Yeshua is what? The spirit of prophecy. So Yah's people are not afraid of prophecy. Uh, hold your place here. They're, they're, they understand the following scripture in Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where it states the following. It states, where there is no vision, the people perish. They perish. And this word vision in the Hebrew means kazom, and it means a vision, an oracle, revelation a prophetic vision. But he that keeps the Torah, happy is he. This is a part of keeping the Torah when you have prophetic visions or you have a vision. And it says, if you keep the Torah, happy is he. If you keep it. That's the key. You have to keep it. 
and obey it. All right, so let's understand something about the devil. And the Ruach of the Holy Spirit is leading me to talk about something else before I talk about the main message in this program today, how did the first century assembly obey God. But this is very important. You need to understand how the devil operates, ladies and gentlemen, because most people don't understand how he operates. First chapter of Job. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Verse 2. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. So, yes, it is possible to be rich and also righteous. But when you study Job, he gave of his riches to people. So that's the right way to be rich, folks, not to, to, to become rich off of people's contributions, and you don't give, give it back in abundance. Verse 4, And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And so Job had it all. He was righteous, and also he had it all as far as riches. Verse 5, And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Very righteous men. Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God, these weren't literal sons of God as far as human beings, these are angels. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them, a Hasatan. All right, so this certainly is telling you that these are angelic beings. And I just read to you in Revelation chapter 12 that the devil and his angels will be cast down out of heaven. Verse 7, And the Lord said unto Hasatan, Where do you come? And then Hasatan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. He does that. He's go, he goes to heaven to earth. And he goes to earth to destroy it, or try to anyway. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Hasatan, Thou hast considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and excuse evil. Verse 9, Then the devil answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Verse 10, Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side, that thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? Verse 11, But Put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to his face. So this is what the devil does. He talks to God like this. He, he, he false accuses us and accuses us constantly. Verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Where is the Lord, folks? The Lord is in heaven. And so the devil... He has access to God's throne right now, believe it or not. Verse 13, And there was a day when his sons and daughters, eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's home, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yes, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. 
Verse 16, while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, there came also another. This is the devil doing this, folks. This tells you how powerful the devil is. And said the, Cal- the, the, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yes, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I... Only am escaped alone to tell thee. In verse 18 of Job chapter 1, While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elder brother's house. Verse 19, And behold, there came a great wind, or a hurricane, or tornado, from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Verse 21, it said, Naked came out of his womb, naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a great attitude. And all this Job said not, nor charged God foolishly. All right? And so chapter 2 talks about, again, what the devil uh, was allowed to do. And the devil was allowed to uh, put boils upon Job. So, you know, Job chapter 1 and then the, the uh, few verses, uh, Job chapter 2, kind of tells you how powerful the devil is and how God deals with him. He uses the devil to test us, to uh, develop character, righteous character. Okay, um, let me take a look at world news here briefly, and then we're going to get into the short Bible study today about how... The apostles obey God in the first century. In World Watch Daily, Koenig International News, it says, and this is uh, watch.org, I suggest you regularly review this website. William does a good job of keeping us up to date with what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, this uh, headline here, it says, Ceasefire talks resume as delegations return to Cairo, which is, uh, I think, the capital city of Egypt. Abbas says Egyptian initiative only viable option for Israeli Gaza truce. Iran says little chance of reaching a nuclear deal with West by November. EU offers to oversee Gaza border crossings. Live it with Israel. Hamas can't believe its luck. All right, so same old monkey business going on in the Middle East. You need to keep track of that based on Zechariah chapter 12, the first few verses, uh, that uh, things will start in Jerusalem and will end in Jerusalem. Let's take a look at uh, domestic news, domestic meaning uh, in this country news. Um, I use a blog called the Economic Collapse Blog. I know it sounds kind of morbid, but uh, it's true that uh, our economy is on its way out, unless, of course, we repent, which uh, I don't see happening anytime soon, based on our uh, rampant uh, acceptance of homosexuality, the fact that we're still killing babies, uh, on, on a weekly basis in this country, and then we think that's okay. Uh, the Economic Collapse blog, the economiccollapseblog.com, says, Are you prepared for the coming economic collapse in the next Great Depression? NAFTA, this is a headline to one of the blog's articles, NAFTA is 20 years old, and here are 20 facts that show how it is destroying the economy. That's a good article. Uh, it says, 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst. Uh, let me read this here real quick. Actually, two articles here that are very important that I need to read. 
uh, the first uh, few sentences anyway, says right here, did you know that a major event just happened in the financial markets that we have not seen since the financial crisis of 2008? If you rely on the mainstream media for your news, you probably didn't even hear about it. Just prior to the last stock market crash, a massive amount of money was pulled out of junk bonds, and it's literally junk bonds. Now it is happening again. In fact, as you will read about below, the market for high-yield bonds just experienced a Six Sigma event. But this is not the only indication that the U.S. economy could be on the verge of very hard times. Retail sales are extremely disappointing, mortgage applications are at a 14-year low, and growing geopolitical storms around the world have investors spooked. For a long time now, we have been enjoying a period of relative economic stability, even though our underlying economic fundamentals continue to get even worse. Unfortunately, there are now a bunch of signs that this period of relative stability is about to end. He is certainly right about this. Says the following of 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst. So please read the rest of that article. And here's another one. Uh, I'm just going to read a few um, sentences or paragraphs here. Job equals just over broke. <laughs> That's certainly true. You can use job as an acronym for just over broke. Anyway, if you are fortunate enough to have a job in America today, let me underscore that. If you are fortunate enough to have a job in America today, the phrase just over broke probably describes you. Yes, there are a handful of jobs that certainly pay very well, but most Americans that work for somebody else are just barely making it from month to month. More than half of all working Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and more than half of all working Americans make less than 30000 a year. Let me underscore that again. More than half of all working Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and more than half of all working Americans make less than 30000 a year. This is an amazing statistic, but it's actually true. Once upon a time, anyone that was responsible and that was willing to work hard could get a good job in America. Yes, once upon a time. That's true. But now, these days are long gone. Instead, we live at a time when good jobs are disappearing and when the middle class is getting smaller with each passing year. In some homes, the husband and the wife are both working multiple jobs. That certainly should not be. And they can still barely pay their bills. Someone has gone horribly wrong, or something, rather. Something has gone horribly wrong, and yet our leaders just keep telling us how wonderful our economy is. So please read the rest of that article. This is a good article. Um, and here's another one. I'm not going to read the... I'm not going to even read the beginning of it. It says, Ferguson is a perfect example of how quickly the streets of America can descend into chaos. Now, you know what happened? They shot a... a uh, a white police officer shot a black youth, and uh, Ferguson, Missouri is going crazy because of that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, race riots and so forth. So we need to uh, pay close attention to that. And then it is becoming clear we are not prepared for an Ebola pandemic. So it, it, this is a real good blog. Please uh, look at this blog when you have the time and, and really read the articles and study the articles here because you're not going to get this information in the mainstream media, as he states. Okay, so let's talk about how did the first century assembly or church obey God? One of the biggest lies in Christianity today 
is that the law of Moses has been nailed to the cross. Most people who have been taught this don't understand what is in the law of Moses. Your Bible tells you so. Let's turn to Second Kings. First Kings, rather, chapter two. First Kings chapter two, I'm sorry. First Kings chapter two, starting in verse one to three. This is the definition of what's in the law of Moses, and the law of Moses is the law of God, proved by these three verses and also Nehemiah chapter 8. Write that down. And other places. But those are the two, the first two verses uh, or references I give you prove that the law of Moses is the law of God. Three, now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. Now, how do we men show us show ourselves to be a man? By lifting weights, playing basketball, football, going, I'm a man. Rawr, rawr, rawr. No, that's not how we prove ourselves to be a man. This is how we prove ourselves to be a man. Verse 3. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. That's how we prove to be a man, by walking in his ways to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as is written in the law of Moses. So what's in the law of Moses? His statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies. That's what's in the law of Moses. So how can that be nailed to the cross? Now, the law of Moses will enable you to prosper in all that you do, whether so if thou turnest thyself. That's what's in the law of Moses, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So now that you know what's in the law of Moses, let's go to Acts and see the mentality of the apostles. First of all, Acts chapter 24, verse 14. This is what Paul, Shaul, the emissary or the apostle to the Gentiles or those who weren't Jews. All right. Acts 24, verse 14. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, and Christians today call this way heresy, they think that keeping the law of Moses is heresy. So anyway, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law. Now, of course, back then they thought heresy was believing that Yeshua or Jesus was the Messiah. But this also can be applied today in reference to what Christians think is heresy, that we keep the law of Moses. Well, the first century church didn't think so, and neither did Shaul. So worship I, a Shaul is Hebrew for Paul, worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the Torah and in the prophets, the entire Bible. That's what Paul did. He believed all the things which are written in the Torah, the instruction and doctrines of God, and in the prophets. The Torah is really all the 66 books of the Bible, and the prophets. So that's what he believed, ladies and gentlemen. All right? And he tells you to follow his example. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Messiah. Okay, so he commands us to follow him, ladies and gentlemen. So you should get a quick idea of what the first century church believed. <laughs> okay, so 
Corinthians, for people that try to challenge me and say that, uh, well, first, let me go to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, probably people listening to me for the first time, you probably had 10,000 instructors in Messiah, yet have you not many fathers? For in Yeshua Messiah, I have begotten you through the gospel. So I would like to have the opportunity to begotten you through the gospel if you just listen to me. All right? Verse 16, wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Why? Verse 17, for this cause have I sent unto you, to, to Matthias, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways. And what is what are his ways? That he keeps the law and the prophets, which be in Messiah, as I teach everywhere in every church. So all his epistles are for everyone in the church. Don't let anyone dare tell you that his epistles are just for Timothy or Titus or the Corinthians or the uh, uh, Ephesians and whatever. It's a bunch of garbage. And in 2 Peter, he said that Shaul's writings are scripture. So let's understand that. So anyway, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 starting at verse 44, states the following. It says, verse 41, Then they that gladly received his words. So, first of all, the First Assembly Church, they gladly received the words of God. They were immersed. And the same day, there were added unto them 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What was one of the teachings of the apostles? That the law should be kept. The law of Moses should be kept. The law and the prophets. The apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44, And all that believed were together, and had all things common. So they agreed. Verse 45, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all as every man had needed. Verse 46, and they continually, or they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the assembly daily as should be saved. That's awesome, isn't it? Acts chapter 4, last scripture, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Verse 33, And the great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Verse 34 of Acts chapter 4, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles were surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. My question to you, Jews that are listening to this, do you have this kind of structure where you're, everybody's agreeing and people share and give their possessions to one another and make sure that none of you lack economically? 
Do you have that kind of structure? And if you don't, why? I leave you with that question. May Yah bless and keep you. And God willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.